This is the UK House Builder and Developer from Good to Great series with Gerard Ball, Managing Director of Human Capital Group, helping you build your UK house building teams and businesses fast. We find the top 15% of talent in the market by harnessing the power of big data, 24-7, 365 digital automation platforms and inbound strategies. Leveraged by 20 years successful mid to senior level recruitment experience. In this podcast episode of Human Capital Group's Good to Great series, Gerard hears from McCarthy and Stone PLC Chairman Paul Lester, who's an influential figurehead within the UK house builder and construction sector. It's been a challenging year for McCarthy and Stone, but Paul talks openly about his role as chairman, the wider issues that have affected the company's performance, and McCarthy and Stone's positive four-pronged approach to drive the company's bounce back from adversity and to produce a rock-solid foundation for future growth. Paul, you've been with McCarthy and Stone since the beginning of 2018. Yeah. What were you doing prior to McCarthy and Stone? Just to well, I'm still chairman of four other companies. One I'm standing down from, which is Fortera, which is a brick mm-hmm. manufacturer, which we IPO'd two and a half years ago. And so that will just leave me with McCarthy and Stone, another FTSE company called Accentra, right. and two private equity. So, yeah, I'm chairman, therefore, of four companies, or I will mm-hmm. be. And what was the attraction to McCarthy and Stone? There was a couple of things. I would say one of my private equity companies actually looks after a lot of the old McCarthy and Stone estate that they uh, sold off and does residential work as well. That's called First Port. So I got a good insight into how to manage retirement properties from that. Mm. They also developed technology using digital technology to monitor people in retirement homes, which will get into the marketplace very quickly. And it's something that um, we at McCarthy & Stone are very keen right. to do, to bring our properties and let our customers come into the digital age as required. So I had that background. Obviously, Balfour BT, we used to build stuff, not, not particularly developments, but mm. pretty similar. You know, we did quite a lot of building work. But the most important thing is I live three and a half miles from their office. <laughs> and I actually walk there from my house, uh, assuming the weather's quite nice and we've had a great summer. I walk along the beach from my house and then go into their office. And I thought, this is great. What can possibly go wrong? <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty handy, isn't it? So yeah. I guess as a recruitment yeah. consultant, location is a very strong selling point. Yeah. In terms of just so that we can understand that like the wider audience, understand what your role as the chairman is and why you've been brought in? Well, I came in because the previous incumbent decided to leave and that opened up the opportunity. They'd been through an IPO, which is probably quite exciting. And after a few years, it's quite common for the chairman (laughs) to disappear. And that opportunity was made available to me. At that point in time, it wasn't obvious that there needed to be a change in strategy. Right. But after a couple of months getting to understand the business in a lot more detail mm. than you can by just looking in from the outside. It was pretty evident that um, we were trying to achieve a build rate that was just not ready for the marketplace. Right. Okay. It was announced at the IPO that we were going to produce up to 3,000 um, units mm. by 2020, and we were falling well short of that, and mm. um, therefore it needed to have a complete revamp of how we manage the business. So do you, do you feel that for a business producing 3,000 units within the retirement marketplace, the market is not there at the moment? It's definitely not there, and right. the stats demonstrate that. They haven't 
Mark Arthur said, haven't been able to achieve anything like that. We've been stuck around the 2122 mark for two years. Right. And, and before that, it was a similar rate. Now, I think the reasons for that are pretty mm. obvious. One, Brexit has had yep. a dampening effect okay. totally on the secondary market. And we mm. depend very much on a strong secondary market because people are selling their home to fund the downsizing into mm. one of our retirement facilities. Yeah. And that's either retirement living, which is pretty independent living, although we have a development mm. manager on site, and then retirement living plus, which we provide care and a different sort of package for right. people who need that. So the stats speak for themselves. There's been a, a drop in that market, and it's made mm. it much more difficult for people to decide to sell their home and move into one of our facilities. So hence, we've come up with a totally different strategy where we're offering to rent our units, our developments, part rent, part own, and still uh, full ownership. So we're going to be a lot more flexible about what might fit the customer's financial circumstances. We don't benefit from help to buy, like uh, Mm. most all the other houses. We get nothing. This market is um, devoid of any incentives that the Mm. government has put out there. We think that's crazy because a lot of the people who move into our developments are in three or four bedroom houses, often on their own, and they're effectively blocking off the market for families to move in. So we have lobbied the government and the taxes now that are involved in moving home are quite considerable. So the government could do some things to improve that, (laughs) but they don't look like doing it. And then we've had ground rents, which we need to effectively fund the common area. We have a pretty large common area where right. everybody in the development... This is a, this is a really big thing it is, in the yeah, retirement yeah, sector. Yeah. Right, and and it's the whole retirement sector. Yeah. So the retirement sector has lob- lobbied pretty hard to government. And, we're and sorry, just for, for people listening in, what, how do you guys work with ground rents? And- what it means is that a large proportion of the lower floor is given over to what it says a common area is, right. TVs, uh, where mm. people can eat and, and meet. And it's quite a substantial area. Now, that has to be paid for by each one of the residents. So right Right. now, a ground rent, which is typically about £400 a year, is charged, which is quite small. And with that, that gives us the ability to uh, monetize that. And that gives us the ability then to buy property, land, that we can therefore afford to buy. Otherwise, we would find it difficult to be competitive against, Mm. let's say, a typical builder who's who's going to fill every (laughs) nook and cranny of the building with units it's quite an important part of our Mm. our model and in terms of a decision being made on that is because i I know you and the rest of the the industry has been lobbying for that yeah is there a decision imminent and maybe i should have read the paper before no 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 (laughs) uh, i I mean you would be none the wiser um, right because we're still waiting and we've been waiting for some time for the new housing minister, who, to be fair, has listened very carefully to the arguments and I think has certainly understood them totally and has gone out of his way to understand them. So, I mean, we're hopeful that we will get some form of relief on that. Right. But until we hear, who knows? And it's always going to happen tomorrow. We'll see. So your plans moving forward, does it take that into account that you... How do you think as a a business person? Do you plan for the worst? Yeah, we've planned how we make a recovery on that, and there's a number of ways. 
One is to charge exit fees, which some of our peers do. Right. So this is when somebody leaves, when they come to sell the property. Right. There's okay. a percentage that you get, and that would fund the, our other developments. And we'd rather not do that, but if we have to do that, we'll do it. It's mm-hmm. made us a lot harder on the land buys. In other words, right. we're really being um, very much thorough about the type of land we buy and the cost of that land. Right. Okay. So we will. We've got more time to argue now. Mm-hmm. I, I would say before we're in a hurry. So now we've got quite a. We've got about like four bank. and a half, five years land bank. So we can be much more demanding of a better price. Okay. But that only gets part of it. And of course, there are opportunities to properly charge residents in some form for the use of that yeah. common area. Now those are all. That's a basket of things yeah. that we've got. None of which cover the total loss mm-hmm. of ground rents. But they make it, they mitigate a significant part of it. But we'd rather just have ground rents back because that's uh, the easiest way. So just going back, you, you came into McCarthy and Stone. You know there, there were big changes, and you know this year McCarthy and Stone has been in the, the press probably for some of the wrong reasons. To be fair, I, I don't want to call it baptism of fire. Maybe that's too strong a phrase. But you certainly had your challenges, and you, you had a number yeah. of things that needed to turn around. Some of them, which were completely nothing to do with you as a business, but people just do things in the company. How, as a chairman, do you sit down and, and say, right, we need a turnaround, and then how do you develop that strategy? Well, it's very important that the management team develop the strategy, not the chairman or any right. of the other uh, non-exec members of the board. I think it's important that you lead with the idea that we need a, a revamp in the strategy. We had some external help. We took on McKinsey to help us. Oh, right, okay. So that they, we needed to get this done quickly. So we set, ourselves, yeah, we set ourselves a two-month window. And the management team worked with McKinsey very much. Uh, McKinsey worked for them. Mm. And we came up with a number of options which the general framework that was set by the board was we can't go for growth in a market that's not growing. That's blindingly yeah. obvious. You didn't need to be yeah. too clever to work that <laughs> one out. So what are we going to do? So this is what we came up with in, in the end, that we'd have a flat forecast for the next couple of years, probably right. three years, mm. around about 2,100, 2,200. We would resize the business to recognize that that was going to be our output. Right, Okay. We then worked out that we wanted to be much more flexible for our customers to offer them a whole range of different financial options from renting to part rent to still fully ownership or part ownership. Is that the reorganising your sales and marketing? Yeah, and and some of our back office as well. Because we'd grown, we'd added a lot of people and costs to operating a much bigger, you know, 50% increase in turnover. Right. <laughs> so um, we're, having, we're going to have to strip a big chunk of that cost back out. And the way we sell will change because we need to have salespeople retrained to be able to offer rental, which right. is a different model, as well as the classic selling of the property. And we want people to be flexible. We want people, when they join McCarthy and Stone, if they join when they're healthy, mm. we want to get local gyms involved, walking clubs, swimming clubs. Right. You know, we yeah. want to look after them. If they then need care, we'll move them into one of our care facilities. And if somebody joins us in the care facility, mm. we'll look after them as well. So really, we want people to join McCarthy and Stone knowing that we're going to look after them. Right. So that's different to the way we operated before, which was once you bought, mm. you stuck in that one place. 
Whereas we will move people around now and give them whatever they need. Oh, right. So they can evolve as they yeah. come into the group and yeah. move up. And obviously, if they're renting, it makes that a lot easier. And we will rent their house out if, if it's able to be rented out. So that could cover a fair chunk, if not all, of the rental cost as well. With regards to the rental, though, I understand you're not going to run it as a PRS scheme. No, that's, that's correct. Yeah. What we'll do is we will initiate the rental and build that up to a portfolio of rental units and then we would sell that to a fund right. that we create with different investors. The fund will have investors in it who look at the yield, which would be 4 4.5% right. typically, and then we'll sell it in that fund and we'll manage that fund for them and we'll still manage the property. So they're not going to stay on our balance sheet. So from an investment point of view, looking at a house builder, then you know, it's, uh, I guess it's one of the pots if you were putting your money into it, it's kind of can have some real big yields in it rather than being a PRS model where it's a... Yes, there's a certain investor that's very happy having a long-term, yeah. you know, four, four and a half percent. People get excited about that right. um, as opposed to investing in, let's say, McCarthy and Stone in the stock market, yeah. which is... <laughs> obviously dependent on dividend yeah. and the share price. There's a different form of investment. And then we talked about the other part of the business, which is right size, you know, right sizing the business. And you're you're currently got nine geographical regions that you cover. I'm assuming that you're gonna reduce the number of regions that you cover or Yeah, the regions will shrink a little bit and right. we're just going through that process talking to the regions. So I don't want to preempt, you know, the conclusions from that, but uh, we do need a, a smaller footprint than the one we've got. Okay. And we're also talking to all our employees, explaining that we do need to cut back the business, and therefore we're going through very much a process with those employees. And hopefully, we're doing it the best way we can. Empathy and yeah, yeah and also, you know, for those employees that have to leave, we should be looking after them as well and helping them get jobs. I'm a big believer in that. Right. In terms of the other part of the business, you're looking at build costs reduction as well. Yeah. Is that where the, yeah. the main It is. That's, that's the biggest saving. I think in our hurry to build 3,000 units, which we didn't achieve, yeah. we have rushed at certain aspects of the way we go about it. Don't get me wrong, um, having visited a lot of developments now, we are a quality builder. There's no question about that. I mean, you go in, it yeah. is. It, 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 some of them are absolutely stunning high quality in very good positions. Yeah, it's really designed. Oh, designed they're good. But, yeah. but I think we haven't challenged mm-hmm. some of those designs um, for a long time. Could we have a cheaper design? Still look fantastic, mm-hmm. but build it cheaper. And we haven't really got our supply chain where we've probably reduced the number of suppliers and have a better right. supplier chain that where we give them more business and we get better reductions is, is the old classic, although we do need to be regional as well. But we're just going through that whole process now of potential, well, we will be redesigning and making hopefully a big change to the cost base. And um, that is the, our biggest change. Now, unfortunately, that's going to take 18 months, two years to filter through. We've already obviously built a lot of yeah. units and we've got them <laughs> in stock. But even on the ones we're in the middle of building, we think there are things that we can do to reduce costs. So that's why we've said this is a th- we're going to save 40 million over three years. Mm. And um, we're actually targeting something higher internally. Obviously, we don't want to go for the biggest figure that we can think of, uh, put that in the market, but we are trying to get more than 40. Mm. And that, that extra is all coming out of the bill cost, not people. I just want to talk about the 
finally, really, is the, the appointment of John Tonkis because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it on paper as a, from a recruiter's perspective and I genuinely mean it. I think you needed to go with somebody that, that knew the marketplace mm. and the retirement marketplace. And, you know, those guys are often, they get the focus on, rather than on the number of units, on cost control and these types of things. Yeah. They're, they're inherent in McCarthy and Stoke yeah. as a business, aren't they? No, you're spot on. I think public companies now, you have to have a look outside to see if there are, you know, there's somebody demonstrably better than the internal candidate. And we mm. did a, I think, a pretty thorough exercise. John came out very well as a comparator, mm. and therefore we had no hesitation in giving him the job. As I said at the briefing, my only disappointment is he's an Aston Villa supporter, <laughs> and I'm a West Brom supporter, so it was. Quite a tough decision, actually. But, <laughs> How is uh, that working relationship? <laughs> uh, we're going to watch West Brom versus Villa in a few weeks' time, so right. we could be looking for a new CEO. <laughs> All right. Just on that point, is there anything else that you'd like to add just as a, a final point? No, no, I think we've got a, a really good business model, actually. We just need to tweak it, which we've done. I think we've got a good management team. Mm. I think we need to add a little bit more to the thinking of how to rent because we lack yeah. rental knowledge. Therefore, we'll probably bring somebody in that, that has those skills. But no, I think it's a, it's a really good, it's a fantastic name. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got to leverage that brand because it is a great, you know, a trusted brand. And uh, I think it's going to be quite an exciting next three years and definitely in the next five years. Mm. And uh, I hope we end up anywhere near that we're targeting. It'll look great. Thank you very much for your time and good luck for the future. Thank you. Cheers. Discover how to build your UK house builder business and attract the top 15% of leadership talent using one-to-many platforms, automation and 24-7, 365 proven digital strategies before your competition. Be sure to subscribe for more podcasts from the Good to Great series, featuring leading voices from the UK house building industry, from small to medium businesses to leading PLCs. Don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content possible. For more information, call 0203 800 1080 or check out www.hc-group.co.uk and book a client or candidate blueprint strategy session.